It's June the 4th. Let's read the Bible. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. So glad to have you with us. And by the way, if you are just joining us or have recently joined us, let me tell you something. You may wonder, where can I get the videos that have already been produced? Because we're doing one a day, God willing, from January the 1st all the way to the end of the year. Well, it's easy. All of them are archived on Rumble, that's a video platform, on YouTube, at uh, Facebook, two different places on Facebook, and then easiest way to find all the videos, go to keepbelieving.com, click on Let's Read the Bible, and you'll see all the videos organized January, February, March, April, May, and now into the month of June. We want to encourage you to use that resource. Now, I got a question the other day from someone who has just started, just recently hopped on the Bible bus with us, and this friend asked, Pastor Ray, do you think I should just pick up where we are, or should I go back and try to watch all the videos to catch up? Here's my answer. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go all the way back. You'll never catch up. At least it's going to be hard to catch up. I would say start right now, whatever date is, June the 4th today, if this is your first day, and just continue on with us through the end of the Bible. Then at your leisure, and it doesn't matter if it's next week, next month, or next year when this whole series is over, all the videos from Genesis to Revelation, they're online, they're free. That's what I would do. Don't burden yourselves about the videos you've missed. Just start with us and stay on the Bible bus as we make our way to the end of the Word of God. So we're in the wonderful Gospel of John. Remember, the Gospel of John reveals the glory of God through Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. We beheld his glory. The glory is the uh, as of the only begotten of the Father. So we have that, and we've got this simple outline. Number one, the public ministry of the Son of God, chapters 1 through 12. That's where we are today. The private ministry of the Son of God, chapters 13 through 17. And finally, the passion ministry of the Son of God. That's his death, his burial, and his resurrection, chapters 18 through 21. And you may have noticed we're taking a little bit slower pace in the Gospel of John. It's the last of the Gospels. We're not going through it quite as fast as we did the first three Gospels. There is so much here. Now, today, John 7 and John 8, Jesus continues. He's, he's in controversy with religious leaders who simply do not understand who he is or why he came. So let's pick up the story in John 7 and see what Jesus has to say. After this, Jesus traveled in Galilee since he did not want to travel in Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. The Jewish festival of shelters was near. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples can see your works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he's seeking public recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus told them, my time has not yet arrived, but your time is always at hand. The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I testify about it, that its works are evil. Go up to the festival yourselves. I'm not going up to this festival because my time has not fully come. After he'd said these things, he stayed in Galilee. After his brothers had gone up to the festival, 
Then he also went up, not openly, but secretly. The Jews were looking for him at the festival and saying, where is he? And there was a lot of murmuring about him among the crowds. Some were saying he's a good man. Others were saying, no, on the contrary, he's deceiving the people. Still, nobody was talking publicly about him for fear of the Jews. When the festival was already half over, Jesus went up into the temple and began to teach. Then the Jews were amazed and said, how is this man so learned? Since he hasn't been trained, Jesus answered them, my teaching isn't mine, but it is from the one who sent me. If anyone wants to do his will, he will know whether this teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own. The one who speaks on his own seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Didn't Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You have a demon, the crowd responded. Who is trying to kill you? I performed one work and you are all amazed. Jesus answered, this is why Moses has given you circumcision. Not that it comes from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses won't be broken, are you angry at me? because I made a man entirely well on the Sabbath. Stop judging according to outward appearances. Rather, judge according to righteous judgment. Some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? Yet look, he's speaking publicly and they're saying nothing to him. Can it be true that the authorities know he is the Messiah? But we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, nobody will know where he is from. As he was teaching in the temple, Jesus cried out, you know me, and you know where I am from. Yet, I have not come on my own, but the one who sent me is true. You don't know him. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. Then they tried to seize him, yet no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. However, many from the crowd believed in him and said, when the Messiah comes, he won't perform more signs than this man has done, will he? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things about him, and so the chief priests and the Pharisees sent servants to arrest him. Then Jesus said, I'm only with you for a short time. Then I'm going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. Then the Jews said to one another, where does he intend to go that we won't find him? He doesn't intend to go to the Jewish people dispersed among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, does he? What is this remark he made? You will look for me and you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. He said this about the Spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit, for the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. When some from the crowd heard these words, they said, This truly is the prophet. Others said, This is the Messiah. But some said, surely the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Doesn't the scripture say that the Messiah comes from David's offspring and from the town of Bethlehem where David lived? So the crowd was divided because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the servants came to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him? The servants answered, no man ever spoke like this. Then the Pharisees responded to them, are you fooled too? Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, which doesn't know the law, is accursed. Nicodemus, the one who came to him previously and who was one of them, said to them, Our, our law doesn't judge a man before it hears from him and knows what he's doing, does it? 
You aren't from Galilee too, are you? They replied, investigate, and you will see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Then each one went to his house. John chapter 8, which begins with the story of the woman caught in the very act of adultery. Marvelous description of the forgiving grace of our Lord. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he went to the temple again, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They asked this to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, The one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. When they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. Even if I testify about myself, Jesus replied, my testimony is true because I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. And if I do judge, my judgment is true, because it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am the one who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. Then they ask him, where is your Father? You know neither me nor my father, Jesus answered. If you knew me, you would also know my father. He spoke these words by the treasury while teaching in the temple, but no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said to them again, I'm going away. You will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews again said, he won't kill himself, will he? Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. You are from below, he said. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Who are you? They questioned. Exactly what I've been telling you from the very beginning. Jesus told them, I have many things to say and to judge about you. But the one who sent me is true. What I have heard from him, these things I tell the world. They did not know. He was speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own. But just as the Father taught me, I say these things. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, because I always do what pleases Him. As He was saying these things, many believed in Him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus answered, truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. 
A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I know you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father. So then, you do what you have heard from your father. Our father is Abraham, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would do what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You're doing what your father does. We weren't born of sexual immorality, they said. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I am here. For I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet, because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you are not from God. The Jews responded to him, Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? I do not have a demon, Jesus answered. On the contrary, I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and judges. Truly, I tell you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Then the Jews said, Now, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died and so did the prophets. You say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? And the prophets died. Who do you claim to be? If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, my glory is nothing. My father, about whom you say he is our God, he is the one who glorifies me. You do not know him, but I know him. If I were to say I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews replied, you aren't 50 years old yet. You've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple. I want to. Well, this is a phenomenal ending here. Before Abraham was, I am. In the Greek, it's very strong. I am. Why did they pick up stones? Because they understood what Jesus was claiming. It goes all the way back to Exodus 3. Who is God? I am that I am. Tell them I am has sent you. He is the eternal self-existing God. Always was, always is always will be. When Jesus said before Abraham was, I am, he was claiming identity with God the Father. He was one with him. No wonder they were angry. They thought it was blasphemy. I, one other thing here, then we'll wrap up for today. Jesus said in these famous words, uh, many believed in him, verse 30. And Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In our day, in this day of rampant spiritual, emotional, and 
uh, identity confusion. We no longer know what the truth is. I mean, I think the, the chief mark of the world today is we believe there is no truth. You've got your truth. He's got his truth and she's got her truth and they've got their truth. So you have all this pronoun confusion. Uh, everybody has their own truth, their own identity. There is the truth that comes from God. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I remember long years ago now, be 30 plus years ago, uh, 34 years ago, maybe something like that, 35 years ago, um, I had a chance to go visit a Christian counselor. My brother Rod had set it up for me, and so uh, I went to see the Christian counselor and had a very, very enlightening session with him. And after it was over, uh, he sent some, uh, this back in the day, the Xerox machines, copies of all the, we do all this over online, but back then, you know, Xerox the stuff, photocopy. After it was over, the the uh, counselor sent my brother Ron a stack of material, and Ron forwarded it on to me. And and I went through it, and it was just little sayings. Uh, we would say it like memes, really, just things about uh, right thinking and so on. And, and I was just flipping through it, just like this, and I came to one that stopped me cold. It was a takeoff on you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And it was in this eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. The truth will set you free in the second line, but it will hurt you first. You ever had one of those moments, ding, ding, ding moments when when the lights come on and you realize God is saying, hey, pay attention. Boy, that was so important in my life back then. Remains important today. It's a great spiritual truth. The truth will set you free, but it will hurt you first. That helped me so much. It helped me to understand that the reason so many of us struggle spiritually is because we're not willing to let the truth of God come close enough to hurt us. So as we wrap up today, let me encourage you to ask the question, am I willing to let God's truth come close enough to hurt me? Because when the truth comes close enough to convict us, then at last, we will be set free. So let's go out and be truth tellers. Let's pray that God's truth will convict us and then set us free. Go out and have a great, wonderful day. Come back tomorrow, folks. There's a man born blind. Jesus is going to heal. You just won't believe this story. So come on back tomorrow. We'll do this again. God bless.